go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Following the biggest off-season of moves and acquisitions by general manager Howie Roseman, the expectations of this city have never been higher. Welcome to the 2022 Panla Hockey Postgame Show on 6ABC.com and across the Jacob Sports YouTube channel, exclusively presented by Panla Hockey Giordano. Live from the Gallery Bar, Booking Games Inside Ocean Casino Resort. Let's get this postgame show underway. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Well, what does 6-0 and o taste like? It tastes pretty good, and it's got a sweet Dallas aftertaste. Yes, the Eagles win 26-17. Welcome to the Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show, and uh, what a night. I'm Mike Missinelli with Derek Gunn, Seth Joyner. We'll have Devin Caney joining us later. The Eagles, again, in the first half, the second quarter dominance. They take a 20 to nothing lead in this game, and they kind of survive in the second half, and that's the way it works. Uh, the, the Eagles are just, they're one of those teams that just can't be flustered. When you think they're on the ropes, and they were kind of on the ropes in the second half, they forge a, a monster drive to get to, to, to that go-ahead touchdown to make it 26-17, to 17, even though there was a questionable decision on the point at the touchdown. And, and, and then they, they make a great defensive play with Brandon Graham, getting in Cooper Rush's face, and they get the interception. I mean, I don't know what more to say. They, they, they have made every right play. They scare you a little bit in the second half with their lack of efficiency, but they win. Mike, what a weekend to be a Philadelphia sports fan. I mean, the Phillies are in the NLCS. The The Flyers are off to a 2-0 start, and the Eagles go to their bye week, a perfect 6-0, the only undefeated team in the National Football League. Was it a perfect game? By no stretch of the imagination was it a perfect game, but when you talk about a rivalry like this, against two teams that have been streaking in the right direction. It's not going to be perfect. But luckily for the Eagles, they had more perfection in their game than the Dallas Cowboys did. You know, as imperfect of a game as football is, you know, I just have to resign myself to the fact that the game is more imperfect now than it's ever been. And just be happy for the fact that the Eagles are 6-0. You know, I mean... I'm tired of fighting with people on social media about, you know, the analytical side. See, I'm not a fanboy. I want the Eagles to do well, but I'm not a fanboy. I'm an analyst. That's what I do. 
I analyze the game. I break down what I see that's right and what I see that's wrong and where I think, you know, the, the improvements need to be made, you know. But the game is so imperfect. It's imperfect from a technical standpoint. It's imperfect from a fundamental standpoint. It's imperfect from an integrity standpoint. And, you know, the team who can traverse that the best each and every week, this is the new NFL, is the team that wins. And that's so, you know exactly, what? Kudos, kudos, really, Eagles. That's exactly. Kudos, Eagles, for, win, for being 6 Wait, wait, you're conceding? Yes. <laughs> I, I never thought I would, Mike. Look, I never you, thought I would listen, hear man, Seth say he can see. Right, this is exactly what they are. They're a team that really, you know, you expect letdowns from from other Eagle teams. You expect like here's a game. They're ready to play. They get out to a twenty to nothing lead. They hold Dallas what eighty one yards in the first half. They're they're always ready when the bell rings. And something happens in the second half. I get it. The other team, you have to allow, I guess, for a little attrition. You got to allow for adjustments from the other team. And Dallas adjusted a little bit. Cooper Rush, who was way outclassed in the first half, they started to mix the run with the pass. He settled down a little bit, and, and they made it a game. But you know, you're, you're never look at this team like they're going to collapse totally. And, and when, it, when it score gets to 2017, what happens? They have a drive that takes them out of harm's way. Well, when you look at this team across the board, especially offensively, they are the most explosive offense in the National Football League. I said on our pregame show earlier today, when I looked at the numbers, the Eagles had 58 plays, when I'm talking about pass plays of 16 yards or more, running plays of 10 yards or more. They by far led the National Football League in that category. And even when they bogged down, just like they did in the Arizona game, all of a sudden, they get the wake-up call, and they put together a long drive, sustainable drive, and they punch it in the end zone. That last touchdown by Devonta Smith, and when Dallas clearly had the momentum, man, was that a much-needed sigh of relief for them to get that touchdown, and they incorporated the running game. I didn't understand the game plan to a certain degree right out of the gate. Their first series, they came out five passes. And then they put together that long 15-play drive. Running the football. Well, they, they only had four running plays yeah. on that one. Oh, okay, you know, the 14, but, but, when they went up 14 nothing. Yes, but, but but at least, no, when they went up 7 nothing. Okay, 7 but, nothing. but at least they ran the ball. They gave Dallas the thought, okay, now they're going to try to pound it down our throats. And as we saw as the game wore on, once they went to the running game, we said it time and time again, if you hit Dallas between the tackles, you could run the football on them. You're not going to run on them outside. <laughs> They're a smaller, faster defense. You know, it, it, it's almost like it's almost like they know what the recipe is for winning, but they still got to test the other way first. You know, I, let's let's see if we can throw it. You know, and if we can't throw it, then we'll go back to running. It. I mean, it, it seems like that's the mode of operation all the time. I mean, they could have totally dominated this game if they would have just came out and just stuck to running the ball when they had opportunities to run the football. Um, again, you know, I will die on this hill. I just think, and, and, and maybe it's just my mentality, my aggressive mentality. If I've got a, an opponent, opponent down, I don't ever want them to have a glimmer of hope, ever, ever. You know, so when you got Cooper Rush just, you know, shaking in his boots and just, ready to you know throw five more interceptions why would I, why would I ever stop applying pressure to him I'm trying to look for different ways that I can continue to apply pressure to him at all times because I want him to fold like a tent 
I want him to fold up. I don't want him to, to come out and, and, and throw for, what, 100 and, 145 yards in the second half when he only had, what, 36 yards passing in the first half? Right. I mean, the bootleg. Kill oh my the goodness. Eagles, oh killed my the goodness. Eagles no, with see, Cooper Rush. They, they, that's what they ran. They ran off again, the bootleg, and they, 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 they made him efficient as a passer. Again, play. again, when I talk, I talked about it, you know, in my opening comments about this being an imperfect game and us trying to figure out, you know, the analysis for it to be perfect. Okay, they're so fundamentally unsound because every single time that a, a that motion goes away from Joshua. Or Hassan Reddick, they chase down the line, and here comes the bootleg. Yeah, you know, and then the bootleg throwback to the tight end. You can see that coming, you know, a mile away because they boot, 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 and then all of a sudden they don't send the, the tight end out to the flat no more. They send him and take him across the field, and while everybody's running out to the flat, he's screaming up the left side yeah. of the field all by himself. That was definitely a flaw. Now let's look though at, at they neutralized Michael Parsons in the first half speak to that and how they did it and then that would turn around because Lane Johnson goes out and we hope he's okay but he's in concussion protocol we understand yes so what did they do from against Michael Parsons in the first half well you know when you when you run RPOs and you run read option it really comes down to a numbers thing you know so they just made a decision that if they were going to option off of Michael Parsons then Michael Parsons they just weren't going to block him they were like, let's block everybody else. He's got to make a decision. If he comes at the quarterback, we're going to hand it off right now. If he takes the dive or he hesitates, we'll just hand it off. And then there's this, there's this gap because he's got to stay where he is, and the tackle's blocking down. So there's this gap between the tackle and where Michael Parsons is. So when you hand it off, even if you hand it off, he can't react to it fast enough to really shut it down. So they, so they really made some hay off of that because they, I mean, I give the coaches a lot of credit because to be able to notice that you can, you can put that guy in conflict from a numbers perspective was absolutely genius. Absolutely genius. So um, let's, let's say Lane Johnson goes out and we were looking at it and said, listen, Driscoll's no match for Micah Parsons. So they, they actually readjusted and they ran the football and that on that drive they, they, where they went up 26 to 17, which was an adjustment they had to make because it, it, Michael Parsons was going crazy at that point. Again, it's so much easier when you have a guy that has to step in for the normal starters. It's easier to run the football. I mean, just the fact that just just the fact that Lane was out, all of a sudden you got Micah that lined up on the right tackle exclusively when he was just moving all over the place. Now he lined up exclusively there. They knew they had a mismatch and they were taking advantage of it until the Eagles made a decision that, hey, we're going to run the football and we're going to take this guy out of it again. This now, is, yeah. you, you, you either run it to protect your quarterback. I've said it before. You either run it to protect him or you better put a back over there to chip or you better put a tight end over there to help him out. They don't like to do that. So if you're not going to do that, the, the only way you're going to keep your quarterback healthy is you better run the darn football. This was a mirror image of the Arizona game. They did the exact same thing last week. They get away from the run game. They allow Arizona to get back in the game, and they make it too close for comfort. Luckily for them, they came out on the winning side of the ledger. When, when you look at this game, 
I don't understand why at times this offense plays into the defense's hands. I, I, I don't get that at all. You have a chance to put this team away and embarrass them on national TV. Now, I understand we want to be entertained to a certain degree, and I'm hoping they learn their lessons from this. But like Seth said, as we're watching the game, you know, there's two things that kept jumping out. Run the football more, number one, and why are the Eagles' defensive ends more disciplined on their bootleg that Cooper Rush was running the entire second half to no, get him back I, in the game? I, I hey, hey, wait a minute. I can't hey, sit here and complain anymore, though. Twitter, 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 complaining. It's Twitter don't want to hear that, D-Gun. Look, I don't care. Twitter, Twitter wants to hear. It ain't care. me tonight. It's they this do. guy. Wait, wait, I, wait, I understand. Wait, do you agree <laughs> with me? Do you agree with me? It, it ain't. Hey, listen. The Eagles were fantastic tonight. What? I don't even care how they Oh, I wish we were recording you up and still watching the game. I wish we had a camera rolling upstairs. They have not played a perfect game. I get it. But the, the difference between this team and other teams is they do what needs to be yes. done to win the yes, game, and absolutely. they always have an answer. Absolutely. And I haven't seen that in a really long time where they they just they, they take the lead and, boom, they come out roaring, and when they're pressed, they know exactly how to withstand the pressure. They have so and, many different weapons. Shane Steichen is a very good play caller, you know. It may not be consistently for a whole game, but he knows what he's doing. When he when he's playing chess, other people are trying to play checkers. They can't keep up with him in a lot of cases, and he knows exactly when they need to step on the gas and turn it on again. You know, you got you got to give him credit. There's no such thing as a perfect I, I, team, just, but listen, they're a perfect I, six and zero oh right I, now. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you this: as long as they find balance by running the football, yes, whatever it is that they want to do. Besides running the football, it's going to be there for them because they're going to have enough weapons. Listen, you, you played against the, the defense, in my opinion. I don't think they face another defense the rest of the way that I'm afraid of what they may bring until, right. we, until we play them again in Dallas. Right. You know, because I don't think they have – there's not another defense that they're going to face that has the kind of talent level – the and, Dallas and has. speed, speed and up speed, yeah. and aggressive, and, and, and aggression, and you know, in the first half of this game, they made them look average at best. You know, I mean, we talked about it. We talked about it in the pregame, Mike. You know, um, Jamarcus Lawrence, Demarcus Lawrence's comments yeah. about, oh, you know, we'll see, but uh -huh. they, you know, Jalen hasn't played us. Yeah. You know, and I said, you know what? I can flip that narrative right around, you know. Well, hell, y'all haven't played us. How's that working? So I hope when he walks out of his presser tonight that he's got some black crow feathers in his mouth because they certainly made him eat crow because they, they got whatever they wanted in the first half. We look at this every week. Guys get hurt, and they, they find a way to survive it. Like C.J. Garner-Johnson looked like he had a broken hand. He goes to the locker room, he comes back, and he makes a big play. Now, obviously, that was Brandon Graham's play. Right, right. I, I get it. But the Opeta has to come into play. Not, none of these things ever hurt him. No. They just keep rolling no. along. Now, yeah. it wasn't the greatest night for Jalen Hurts. I mean, he was pretty pedestrian at 15 and 25 for 155. But he did throw for two touchdowns, and he made a couple of really big plays on that drive that made the score 26 to talk 17. Talk about his quarterback rating. See, you know, a lot of times we talk about other quarterbacks in the, in the, from the standpoint that, oh, you know, he did what he needed to do, you know, to win the game, okay? He had two offensive linemen that were out that completely changed the game plan. So, yes, his numbers are going to look pedestrian, 
but he didn't turn the ball over again. No. Okay? The other guy who came into this game with four touchdown passes and no interceptions walks up out of here with three interceptions. And our guy, yeah, he adds two more to his touchdown total and no interceptions. And, oh, by the way, a 104.6 quarterback rating. Okay? So let, let's, give, let's give him credit. You know, even though the numbers aren't there, he's playing the, the most efficiently in every aspect exactly of the game, right. whether he's throwing it or whether he's running. Here's an example of that. If you look at the play on that drive, I keep going back to this drive that made it 26-17. to 17. They had a key third down and four, uh, and, and he saw the blitz was coming, and then they backed off. Yeah. And he had the wherewithal to, to take that at, quarterback, like a quarterback draw, draw yes. and, and run that for a first down. That's him processing that play. Well, I've seen him make a couple of checks tonight. I think he made one bad, one bad run check where I saw him check into something that absolutely went nowhere. But he made three or four checks throughout the night that really, you know, that I was impressed by. Because he saw it. You could hear him barking out, changing the, changing the play and getting the team in the right play. That's growth. That's what you want to see from your quarterback. Sometimes it's not about the numbers. The numbers will come. Because when you're playing a 17-game a, a schedule, guess what? You're going to have some games where you're going to light it up. Against Minnesota, he threw for over 300 yards. You come back tonight and you barely, you know, what does he have? 155 yards? So what? You won the game. You're 6-0. Well, you're talking about that third down play in particular, too, on the quarterback keeper yeah. where he steps mm -hmm. up. Give a lot of credit to the offensive line because you look at the way the offensive line pushed to the mm -hmm. right side, opened up the huge lane for him to run through, and he was smart enough and decisive enough to see that and take that alley and take it for a first down. That was huge on their part. It was a tremendous play. There's no question about it. And, you know, again, you have backup offensive linemen in the game, but this team, and I can't say it enough, whenever backups come in the game for them, they don't miss a beat. You know, they have a luxury of having so much depth. They had nine offensive linemen up for this game tonight, and lo and behold, they would need most of them to finish up this game tonight. This is a different personality team. We've, we've seen Eagle football for a really long time. Seth, obviously, you played for a really long time. Uh, I, I look at now where they are. They're 6-0, and and I go, so, somewhere along the line, they have to lose a game. It's, it's, you know, you, it's when you least expect they're going to lose a game. But this team doesn't show a personality of folding to that extent no, no. where they would lose a game they're supposed to win. My question is why, okay? They got Pittsburgh, Houston after the bye. They got Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington, Indianapolis, Green Bay, Tennessee, and then they get to, to the Giants. The Giants is the only team of all those teams that I just mentioned to you right. that really worries me right now. Yep. It's the Giants and Dallas and Dallas with a healthy Dak back, okay? Those are the only teams that, that, that worry me. I mean, listen, they, go, they keep their mouth shut. No response to, you know, the chatter that comes out of Dallas. They're just, they just go about their business, doing what they got to do, you know. And at the end of the day, they're just winning games and doing bit by bit, getting better every day. And that's and it, the thing that's different. Yeah. yeah I mean, really. It's okay, I, though. But I think it's the influx of players they brought in here, too. Okay. They brought in players that have some swagger to them. You look at the Kazir White. You look at Hassan Reddick. You look at a Bradbury. You know, and, of course, Darius Slay already had that when he was here. And then you look at A.J. Brown on the offensive side and what he does in terms of enhancing that swag. You have some players here that are super confident. And you look at the different ways they have found ways to win games. 
they walk out of a locker room confident that somehow, someway, we're going to finish what we start. It may be inconsistent along the way, but when we have to get it done, we're going to get it done on both sides of the football. They're going to score the necessary touchdown. They're going to get the necessary defensive stop. There's a reason why they are the number one defense in the league in terms of creating turnovers, one of the top five rushing teams in the NFL, and one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL. That's all goes goes back to that <laughs> so, swagger and confidence. I, t- I tell you what, so I'm I'm, I'm going to give. Listen, you can't win without horses. You can't win without good players. And they certainly have much better talent than what they had last year. Okay? But I'm going to give some, 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 some props. And I'm going to give some, you know, some, um, you know, I'm going to give props to Nick Sirianni. Absolutely. The way he handles this team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard-pressed for me. You know, sometimes to watch this defense, and I because I see how great they can be, you know, and yet at times I kind of feel like you know they get held back from from the greatness that's there, you know, before them. I mean, how many more interceptions could a guy like Darius Slay have, you know, if you don't have him play ten yards off the ball and he's challenging wide receivers? Same things with with, with James Bradbury. You know, we hoped after you know, the Minnesota and the Washington game, that what you would get is, you know, a Jonathan Gannon who realizes how much talent he has on that side of the ball that wouldn't be afraid to play a more aggressive style defense, you know. But those players are, are, they're getting it done and they're having success, in my opinion, despite of how Jonathan Gannon calls calls defense. I, I cannot get with this Jonathan Gannon defense. Week in and week out, it's not just a job, it's an adventure. Well, listen, I, I get all that, and we can sit here and criticize him every week. But, Seth, you, you've been in locker rooms. You see a team's personality. What's different about this team's personality that you can see? Blaming well, everything, the coaching staff, the caliber of player they have. In a, in a situation like this, you know, I've been on two teams that's gotten off the stars, starts like this. Um, when I was in Green Bay and when I was in Denver. And the thing that I will tell you is the mindset is the next game. Because it's real easy to kind of get caught up in the fact that, you know what, we're undefeated. You know, we've got all of these games that we've won, and we're now the hunted rather than the hunter. It's, it's easy for that to happen. But that's a message that has to be preached across the line. And then you also, it has to come from the head coach. It has, it has to come from the offensive coordinator the defensive coordinator, but the leaders on the football team have got to preach the same thing. See, I thought that this would be somewhat of a, a bounce-back game for you, for this team, if you will, when you consider how bad they played last week, even though they won, because it looked just like the first game against the Lions, and then you turn around and you come back and you destroy Minnesota. You know, you play the way you played against the Arizona last week, and then you come back in the whole first half you just completely dominate, you know, this this Dallas Cowboys team. I just think that it's a mindset that starts with the head coach that goes down to the leaders on the team. And and, and Jalen Hurts last week, man, I hate 5-0. and I hate that we even got to talk about it. Well, guess what, Jalen? You're going to have to talk about 6-0. and <laughs> So how are you going to deal with that, you know, no. after, after you come back rested up after I, a bye I, week? I get it. And I know you love pressure. <laughs> now, pressure helps your secondary. But in this game, 
Their secondary in the first half was lights out. They were flying all over the place without a, a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They were making every play they needed to make. Well, there's a correlation. There's a correlation between because there's times where you have to bring pressure and there's a time where you got to back off, okay? But you don't have to concede. You don't have to concede as much real estate as, as we concede sometimes. Like if, I'm, if you're in zone and you want to bail your corners, you don't have to line them up off, off the ball 10 yards. That's an automatic for you know, veteran quarterbacks to say, hey, guess what? I can, get the, I can get the speed out. I can get the stop route right now. But if I line up and press coverage and I bail on the snap, I can still get to where I need to get to with good vision and, and still be in a position you know, to play the routes that they may adjust to. But at the same time, you don't, it, it doesn't always have to be about pressure. And you always hear me say, I love the blitz. Well, guess what? I do. Because I love to pressure quarterbacks and speed up their clock and make them make, you know, quick, hasty decisions. But you can also challenge wide receivers and coverage as well. Instead of just giving up so much real estate that you give them give them an easy pass or easy option. Just challenge them sometimes. Get up as a corner and move back. Line up inside when you're supposed to be outside on the snap of the ball. Pop outside. Because everything that the quarterbacks are reading, they're reading pre-snap. The adjustments, the dual routes that wide receivers have, they're dual routes based upon where you're lined up pre-snap. So the more you move around, the more you move back and up, in and out, bail, you know, play from off and come up, the more you create those kinds of things for offenses to have to worry about, the more you can create chaos and pressure on quarterbacks. One of the beauties about this secondary is the luxury they can cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Yes. And I'm talking corner to corner, and I'm talking about even when backups come in. That's a mindset that goes back to training camp. You know, when you're back in that backfield and you see a Darius Slay on one side, they bring in a James Bradbury, you bring in a C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you have a Marcus Epps who's pr improved tremendously from last year, you have a Vontae Maddox. When you look at five DBs like that, and we've watched it now for five games, how quickly they can cover and get in there and defend passes, you don't see that on an everyday basis no. across the National Football League. A lot of DBs will concede that underneath stuff and just hope to make the yeah. tackle. These guys are coming up and challenging it's, every chance they get. It's really impressive. And, and Cooper Rush, they made a big stink about him being undefeated as a starter with no interceptions. And he comes in this game, and they completely took him out of his element. They had to really help him in the second half for him to survive in this game. He was outclassed by this team in the first half. His girlfriend... He, she, he didn't want her to come. She flies I in. I see why he didn't want her to come. She flies first, first lost in front of the girlfriend. Well, listen. I, so this week on my show, I had Merle Reese and Brad Sham, who actually is the voice of the Dallas Cowboys radio, that does the same thing that Merle does. And one of my questions to him, I said, Brad, you know, will Sunday, you know, I said, because this, this, this rivalry, you know, is unlike anything that he's ever seen. And to be on the big stage Sunday night football in Philly. Eagles, Eagles, Cowboys in Philadelphia, I said, you know, will the stage be too, you know, too big for him? Will the lights be? Oh no, no. He already won the game on Monday night Monday night football. Uh, obviously, you know, tonight was too big for him because I mean he looked like he just wanted to take his ball, fold up his football pants and go home in yeah. the first half. First half. 
the well, first half. Well, he settled in in the second half. Because they let him. They let him settle in, you know, and, and let, let him make a game of it a lot closer than it should have been. But lo and behold, the defense made some plays, okay? You know, Brandon Graham gets in there, hits his arm on that third interception. Before that, Bradbury comes up and deflects a pass and is picked off. Um, so, so, you know, despite despite that guy on defense calling the shots, these guys across the board stepped up and made plays when they had to. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so so here we are, folks. Six and zero, and it doesn't look like there's a loss coming for a really long time. I just like this city right now. <laughs> Uh, we, are, is this Philadelphia? Uh, are we living in Philadelphia where, right when now? When was the last time we had a weekend like this in Philadelphia? I mean, the, ba the baseball team could go to the World Series, for crying out loud. This team could be 10-0 before we look up. I mean, and, and the Flyers, at least for the first week, you know, respectable are respectable again. Nobody, yeah. nobody knew that they won their first two games. Flies and and Bede's on the field. Yeah. We can't wait for the Sixers. And, Sixers and Bede's hanging out with A.J. Brown on the field. Are you counting exhibition games? Hey, man. A win is a win. <laughs> What <laughs> the heck is going on in this city? <laughs> Crying out loud. All right, here's the deal. You know, we have Lane Johnson as part of the show, but Lane got a little banged up today, so we're not going to be able to have Lane with us. Uh, but uh, we've got all kinds of things. We're going to be into the wee hours of the night on this show, baby. We're going to keep going and going and going. We have John McMullen going to join us, Devin Caney with the uh, Diamond Debate. That's coming up right now. Uh, you're watching us on 6abc.com, hopefully, uh, or uh, the YouTube Jacob Media Sports Network. This is the Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show. Uh, Mike, uh, that's uh, D. Gunn, and that's Seth Joyner, and we're back after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. 
go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days.
It is the Pond La Hockey Eagles post-game show. I'm Mike Missanelli with Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. Let me get, illustrate the difference of the, these two teams right now. Even though Dallas was effective in the second half, I get it. But let's look at a couple things in the first half, which kind of exemplifies the difference in, in the absolutely the coaching level of both these teams. All right, the first drive, uh, the Eagles drive the ball down. They have a fourth and four on that drive, right? Fourth and four. They decide to go for it. Now, I, I thought points on the board early on would have been, but they decide to go for it. The Cowboys give them an offsides to get a first down at the five, and that's where Miles Sanders gets the rush on the next play for a 7-0 uh, score. So then they go up 14-0 uh, after Rush's pass is deflected by Bradbury, pops in the air, Gardner Johnson intercepts it. Then they just grind it out on him. Sanders for nine, Sanders for three, Sanders for eight, Scott for two, Scott for eight. Sanders got stopped for a minus and then hurts an RPO pass to Brown. It's 14-0. Now, Dallas on the next drive, they get to a situation where they have a – C.D. Lamb looks like he has a first down. Right. He stretches out. It looks like he's got the first down. If, if there was ever a time for a challenge, it's, it's that play. Exactly. Instead, what they do – they rush to the line of scrimmage. They do some kind of a funky rollout pass on fourth and less than a yard. And give, that's coaching malpractice, Seth. You know, Mike McCarthy is legendary for these types of instances. You know, where he makes a, a, a wrong clock management decision. I mean, clearly, you're in a situation, if you're not going to challenge it, which they should have challenged it. I mean, you got... 30, you know, staff sitting up in the booth, and they're watching screens all over the place. Somebody should have called and called down to them and say, hey, you know, you might want to take a look at this. This is worth challenging because they probably would have got the first down if they would have challenged it. But he exacerbates not challenging it by <laughs> – by, by, by deciding to but, go for it on rush, their own 34-yard line. And, and yeah. rushing the play. It looked like a discombobulated play. It's a fourth and less than a yard. It's a sneak. If you get to the line, you sneak for that first down. They roll out, throw a pass. You have two that, running backs with incredible lower body strength and Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. First of all, why are you rushing that play? Because you gave them a short field. They turn around and they have three more points on the board to go up by 17. You play right into their hands. That's one of the biggest negatives that Dallas fans are screaming about when it comes to Mike McCarthy is his decision, inability to make decisions, not only in a timely manner, but decisions where you're not left scratching your head wondering, what the heck were you thinking when you called that play? You give, you give momentum right back to the Eagles again, and they get points off of it. They got 10 points off of turnovers and another three points off of a, a dumb call by Mike McCarthy. Listen, even if... Even if everything within your being says, okay, I want to go for it here, you're down 14 points. You cannot, cannot, even if you, you don't challenge it, you cannot go for it, you know, on fourth and one from your own 34-yard line. In the first half? Are you kidding me? I mean, I, I'd be surprised if, you know, if, well, I shouldn't say surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if you wake up tomorrow and um, <laughs> Kellen Moore was the um, interim head coach of Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles got points off of that. They got a field goal. They, they continue this second-half dominance. Even though that first touchdown really ate up you know, the, the back end of the first quarter, they scored that touchdown in the second quarter, which means they got 20 more points 
in that second quarter. Their point differential is like a plus 90 in the second quarter against teams. <laughs> Can you explain that, D? I can't explain this Jekyll and Hyde team because every time you watch them play, it's basically the same scenario, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, they're going to go look, go back and look at the film. They're going to make the necessary adjustments, and they're going to come out playing a more complete game in the second half. And lo and behold, they play a similar game to what they played the previous week, and all of a sudden the opposition creeps back into the game and makes you, make Eagles fans sweat a little bit too much. I can't figure this out to save my life. Oh, I've got to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> now remember, I whatever you say might be misunderstood on Twitter, so be careful what you say. Who cares? They, they're going you know, some some like, some don't for who for what, all right? Um, okay, so I think the first quarter always winds up being a feel-it-out period, you know, for the Eagles offense. You know, by the time they get to the second quarter, you know, I give them credit because they do make adjustments in the second quarter in order for them to be as explosive in the second quarter as they've been throughout six games. And then after they get a lead, I think it happens on both sides of the ball. They get complacent. I think we get we get passive on the defensive side, you know, which I think everybody can agree with. We get passive on the defensive side. We 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 get to a point where we don't want to give up a play that will allow the allow the opponent to get back into the game. But then what you wind up doing is you wind up giving up real estate in small chunks, and then what winds up happening invariably the thing you're protecting against is the thing that happens anyway, you know. And then offensively, we kind of get out of rhythm again because it's the running game that gets us to a point where the rest of the the entire playbook is open, where you can go bootlegs and RPOs and 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 and, and misdirection things, you know, that gives Jalen an opportunity to throw the ball. But then we get away from it again, and then you know we just want to go straight pocket passes, shotgun, and he's standing in the pocket, and you know the pressure's coming, and he's scrambling, running for his life. And then all of a sudden, you know, the game gets tight to your point. You know, they figure out a way. What they do is they go back to what got them the lead in the first place. They start running the ball again, and that opens the playbook back up again. The Cowboys got a little momentum towards the half uh, when it was 20 to nothing. They, they did, Cooper Rush did open up a little bit and almost had an amazing touchdown catch by Noah Brown there right. in the corner of the end zone. So they wound up getting three. The Eagles got the ball in the second half, and I'm thinking, okay, well, they're just gonna, they're gonna score off of that, but then Dallas figured something out running the football with Zeke Elliott, and that was a pretty sustained good drive by them. And then they get it to 2010. On that touchdown, Kayvon Wallace is in the game for C.J. Garner-Johnson, and he got duped on that play with Zeke running for the touchdown. Seth, what happened on that play? Well, it's just an experience. I mean, when you, you, you think about Kevon Wallace, you know, drafted in, I believe, what, the third round a couple of years ago. Um, he just has not panned out to be, you know, what they thought he would, what, what he would be coming out of Clemson. Um, pressed into service tonight. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, he wasn't ready or prepared to step in. Um, at this point, he's still a special teams player. You know, and, and I think that's why you see them go in and you know, they, they try to sign, you know, the safety out of, well, they trade for the safety from the 49ers who doesn't work out. Then they make a trade, you know, for a Gardner Johnson, you know, a guy who is a slot corner, and they convert him to safety because 
the guy that they drafted to be safety, you know, a couple of years ago, just hasn't grown into that role. He hasn't matured into that role. He hasn't fulfilled the expectations of that spot in which he was drafted. It's the only sub they've had this year that really hasn't hasn't done a great job really on that play. So I, I guess we have to take that. Uh, all right. So uh, coming up, we're going to have our diamond debate, and uh, I'm, I'm curious to know what this diamond debate is going to be here. I, I would assume it's along the lines like. Is, is this really real? This six and zero is it really real? Could it turn into 10, 11 and zero? They get to twelve and zero. Is this going to be the story of the NFL if this team can manage to go undefeated? Anything's possible after watching this team through the first six day, uh, first six games. Will you look at some of the teams that lost today? The 49ers lost the game today. Green Bay lost for the second week in a row. So on and so forth. Teams you expect to win are finding ways to lose ball games. This Philadelphia Eagles team, as imperfect as they can be, they find ways to pull games out. Right now, they do it better than anybody else in the National Football League. It's not always going to be perfect. We're going to have debates about certain aspects of this team that we shouldn't have to talk about because they won again, but it's necessary because if somewhere down the road, it is going to jump up and bite them. But the bottom line is, they are winning football games. I never thought this team would be sitting here at 6-0 right now, but they are. And each week they've done it differently. And the bottom line is when you look at teams struggling right now, the Rams, teams like the, the 49ers, Tampa Bay loses again today. They're all erratic. It's, it's, Every team is erratic it's except this team. It's unbelievable. This is what stands out with this team. Now, they came in as a six-point favorite tonight. They won 26-17. Yes. Like we're, and we're, we're trying to figure out a way to complain about it. Vegas always finds always knows something we don't know. <laughs> I don't know what kind of insights they have, but they always know something we don't know. And they're, they're right more times than not. Listen, they, they, they are the best team right now in the NFC, hands down. You know, I think that their next challenge is going to be the Giants. Um, when you look over at the AFC, um, I look at the creativity, you know, of Andy Reid. And I look at, you know, I look at how great Josh Allen is. I mean, he's a difference maker. I'm not so sure how the Eagles would fare against those two teams, especially when you talk about, you know, the type of quarterback that Patrick Mahomes is and the mindset that Jonathan Gannon has and the type of defense that we would play against them. And then when you think about, you know, Buffalo the same way, I mean, you know, I just don't see I don't see the game plan corresponding to us being able to create the pressure. So we're talking that, about that, the actual Super Bowl matchup. Exactly. Right? Well, I mean, That's the only way you face it. Exactly. May, maybe, but even if even if they were on the schedule, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? No, I, I, I mean, get if that. You wanna, if you I, wanna, I don't think they're in that class. I'll agree with you there. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not in that class. I just think that that would be a major challenge for them. When you talk about the power rankings, People will begin to talk about the power rankings, and the Eagles have slowly but surely moved up. I seen one ranking today that had the Eagles at two, and the Kansas City Chiefs at three, with the Buffalo Bills at one. You know, for when we started off early in the year, and the Eagles started off three and zero, I said, "Eh, Bills, Chiefs, or Chiefs, Bills, right. Eagles." I think the Eagles fall right in between either one of them, wherever you want to put them right now. But I think if those two teams were on the schedule. Those would be the two teams that I would worry about the most. When I look at the rest of the schedule, I don't worry about a whole lot of anything else. You know, my biggest concerns are going to be um, 
Dallas in Dallas on Christmas Eve, and then the two games against the Giants. And worst case scenario, they split. But the Giants, you know, I said it. I said it two weeks ago. The Giants are going to be a problem, man. They're really going to be a problem yeah. because Saquon's healthy. Daniel Jones is playing the best that he's ever played in his career, and they got yeah. And they've got one of the I'm most. I'm not buying that a little. Oh, uh, come on, man. I'm not Look, buying that I, a no, little. I'm bit. buying it. The Giants all of a sudden formidable. I'm buying it. Stop. I think. I think. Brian Dayball. Are you Brian? Are you buying it? I'm bri- I'm they got, they got one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. And, Mar- and okay? Wayne Martindale. One and of the best defense coordinators in the league. And one and, and one of the best and, head coaches in offensive coordinators. Brian Dayball is getting more is out not of not good enough right now. Well, but Brian Dayball is getting more out of Daniel Jones than I ever thought he could. <laughs> I'm not right. saying Daniel Jones is an elite quarterback. I know. But he's playing the most efficient football I've seen in place since he's been in the league. I sit here and be scared of the Giants. I'm putting a note down. I didn't down. say scared. No. I'm saying no. they're playing better football. I said there's a concern. <laughs> There's when no there's concern a, when here. When, when I ain't concerned. Th- that's okay. You're, listen, <laughs> you just like everybody else on social media is. is, is, no, is, social is, media. is my eyeballs. Listen. Come on, you're not going to tell me the Giants are in the same ballpark right now. In the same ballpark? Nobody's saying the same ballpark. What are you I'm saying? I'm saying that the Giants right now can be competitive with anybody. You don't do what they just did over the last four weeks and, and, and not have some kind of concern for them if they're in your division because you want to know something. Yeah. Two years ago, the last two, three years, everybody looked at the Giants on the schedule and said, guess what? Oh, those are two wins every single year. Yeah. You ain't saying that now. Yeah. I don't I care what to, you I say. You ain't saying that right now. to zero in my army here. Okay. Let me zero in. <laughs> Let me, I'm, note, note to self. The Giants. Let me put a note to myself right now, Fool's and I'll make sure gold. I put it right here. Fool's gold, the Notes Giants. All right, all you Giant fans, don't get to excited. Self. Don't get excited. <laughs> uh, let's, let's take a break. Mike Miss. <laughs> It is the Pilot Hockey day? Eagles post game show. Wait, today, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me see here. Today <laughs> is the day. day. Today is the 17th. Oh, six, well, Monday the 17th. Okay. Stop. Officially. 10 17. On the East Coast. Devin Caney is joining us with the Diamond Debate. She's sporting some bling today. You got to check this out. Come right back. Oh, my goodness. It is the Pilot Hockey Eagles post game show. We're back after this. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. hadn't missed work in 15 years. His injury required months of rehabilitation, and unfortunately, the insurance company didn't see it that way. I was working two jobs, but it wasn't enough. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. We sat down, told him our story, and they guided us through the whole workers' compensation legal process. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Testing mic four. Four is good. 
faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was, it, was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And, uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome back to the Pond the Hockey postgame show. I'm Devin Caney, and guys, it is time for our diamond debate presented by Mark's Jewelers. And I have to say, the bling I'm wearing tonight might be my favorite yet, and it's because it's so fitting. They gave me two different pieces tonight. This ring that I don't know if you can see here. And this necklace. And if you guys look closely, it's like vines, and they gave me a little note with it, and they said it's to honor Sirenani... Wow, I can't speak. Sirianni's like fertilizer speech last season about plants ah. growing. Wait, you can't, you can't see the necklace on camera. Let's see the necklace on camera. Uh, there, there you go. go. Yeah. There you the go. The mic blocks it. But 
I thought Nick Sirianni had an incredible game today. I also loved his passion. Like I keep seeing more and more clips come out of him just on the sidelines of him running into the tunnel, chirping the Cowboys. So love to see it. Love Nick Sirianni. Love these pieces by Mark Strulers. Uh Let's get to our diamond debate. Uh, and anyone tuning in, if you want to weigh in, then uh, go to my Twitter. You can weigh in. I believe it's up on the YouTube page as well. Uh, and let us know your thoughts. But today's diamond debate is, are the Eagles the best team in the NFC? Right now, 95% of people, at least on Twitter, say yes. Uh, someone replied and said, you are what your record says you are. Someone else said there is still a lot to clean up. Uh, and someone said, no, they're the best team in the NFL. But if you look around what happened the, league, the rest of the league today, especially the NFC, the Packers lost. Uh, there were a few other losses around the NFC Tampa today, Bay actually. Was one Tampa of Bay them. lost. San Francisco. Which is really surprising. Yeah. So anything's up for grabs, and the Eagles are undefeated. Um, are they the best team in the NFC? And I heard you talking about the Bills earlier. Are they the best team in the league? I think they're the best the best team in the in the NFC right now. That I believe. I don't I can't speak for Kansas City. You know, I'd have to see them play those the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills, you know, before making that assessment. And unfortunately the only time we're gonna get a chance to find out whether that's whether that's the case is, you know, if they can make it to the Super Bowl. Just Kansas City? Well, either one of them, because I, listen, one, either Buffalo or Kansas City is going going to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. Mm. You know, so if we believe that the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team and they can, you know, finish this out, they're going to see. We're going to find out whether they're a better team than either one of those teams if they can get to the Super Bowl. Who do we look at as the the teams in the NFC that were going to be the juggernaut type of teams? We looked at Tampa Bay. Mm. We looked at the Rams. We looked at Green Bay. Look where all those teams are now. We, we don't even know what they are. So yeah. I, I don't think there's any question the Eagles are the best team in, in the NFC because they've shown a steady steadier personality than any of the teams in the conference. I agree. I, I mean, the Rams won, but they were down to, to the Panthers, who are going through complete disarray right now, uh, and they've just had a not great start to their season so far. Uh, Vikings won today, but the Eagles kind of already proved that they can beat the Vikings handedly. So I think they're the best team in the NFC. The AFC, on the other hand, worries me a lot. But Well, based on your poll, I want to know what the other 5% is thinking in terms of Who's the best team in the NFC if it's not 100% across well, the board? That, that's a really good question, that, that's, that's frightening. That 5% of the, your poll out there thinks there's somebody other than Eagles in the NFC who are the best team right now. But, All right, well, if you voted on the poll already, you said that they aren't, then right, let me know right. who the best team is. There's, there's no question Eagles are the best team in the NFC right now because of their diversity, their ability to overcome challenges. Out of the six games that they've played this year, They've had challenges from three teams, Arizona, Detroit, and Dallas. And they came out on the winning ledger in all three cases. You can't say that about San Francisco, Rams, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, none of those teams, which is weird. The, the team that comes closest right now, and I'm not really afraid of them, is the Giants and their ability to overcome. You go back to what the Giants did their first game of the season against Tennessee when Brian Dayball said, we're going for it on, fourth, on a two-point conversion. And his team said in unison, go for it. They get it, and that just started a role for the Giants. Now, I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying the Giants are the equivalent of the Eagles. But right now, 
as weird as it sounds, the Giants might be the best team in the NFC right now. Okay? So you look at the Eagles where they are, and nobody can touch the Eagles right now. There's no question hands down who the best team in the NFC is. But like Seth said, and I'm thinking the same thing. Now, when you talk about the entire NFL, that Buffalo team is a monster. Yes, they yes. do have one loss. Yes, Kansas City does have two losses. But when you've got that man named Patrick Mahomes under center and some of the things that he can do with the football in his hand, you never count him out of a game. So, But the Eagles are right there in that conversation. When you say who are the top three teams in the NFL right now, the Eagles are right in the middle of that conversation. So are you saying that you think the Giants can beat the Eagles? No, okay. no. Okay. I'm just saying okay. it's been that kind of year in the NFL. The teams that we thought that were going to be up in the NFC are down. They're struggling. Yeah. And the, and the team we thought was going to be a basement dweller, the Giants, are one of the teams that are the talk of the league now yeah. for whatever the reason. They keep finding ways to win. It's just been that kind of year through the first six weeks in the NFL. Mike. I, 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 I'm – this giant talk is making me nuts. Why? Because I, I, who, who catches passes for the Giants? Like, who, who are the, where, where are the, I understand Saquon Barkley's a great player. I get it. Who's catching passes for that team? Mike, I, here, here's what I base my, my discussion on when I'm talking about the Giants. This was a team, the offensive line was decimated by injuries coming uh -huh. out of training camp. They started the season without their first top two pass rushers on their defense, okay? Then all of a sudden... They're still finding the ways to win games. They're a nice story. It is, but they're, you know what? Not it's a, a great it's team. A, nobody said they were a great team. Oh, they're an they're, interesting they're, story well, right I now. Think we're, we're talking about them being a threat to the Eagles. It's insulting me. No, I'm saying it would be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I didn't say they would do a threat. You know what worries me. me about the Giants is they know what they keep finding ways to win, and exactly. that says a lot for Mike's trying to stir up controversy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but they do. I'm watching a team that has the answer for, for everything. The Giants are a nice story. I get it. They're not even close to what the Eagles are right now. No, they're not. But we're saying, if you, who's the second best team in the NFC? Who's the second know. best Min team? Minnesota. See, the, the, the problem is you want to talk about right now. The Eagles don't play the Giants until down the road. Right. How do you know what the Giants are going to be when we get there? And yeah. how healthy if the teams keep, are going to be. If they keep playing the way that they're playing, listen, Saquon is just going to get better if he can stay healthy, okay? Daniel Jones seems like he understands how to play the position of quarterback. And that defense is better than it was. You have a lot more trust in Daniel you Jones than I do. Well, Listen, no, but here's no, the I thing. We've, no. The we've only team that they lost to, okay, was the Giants. Okay, let's talk about, you want to talk about what's on the, what's on the schedule. You play who's on the schedule, right? Of course. Okay, so they're 5-1. and one. And the Eagles are six and zero. I'm not saying that they're a better team, but to but but to make an assertion to just like dismiss them, like you know they're that's what nothing. I'm doing. And I no no I'm, that's, that's, I'm that's, that's, to, that's to nonsensical. Daniel, to Daniel Jones <laughs> nonsensical. credit, to Daniel Jones credit, he is finding his groove, and I think credit also to Dable for helping him do that. But we saw the Eagles against pass-heavy offenses or quarterbacks who like to get the ball in the air. Kirk Cousins, even today, Cooper Rush, they can intercept it. Eagles secondary is amazing. And then we saw them against Kyler Murray, who can put the wheels on, like Daniel Jones. And I know the Eagles didn't have a great game against the Cardinals, and there was a lot of other factors playing into it. I'm just saying it could be tougher. I'm not ready to write okay. them off. I think the Eagles are better right, than the could, Giants. I think they're better be than the Giants, but like I'm not ready to Nobody's to making the comparison and saying that the – that the Giants are a better football team. They're I'm tricky. Just, I'm just saying that the Giants have put 
the rest of the NFL on notice because you don't go from what they were last year to five and one out of nowhere and just totally disregard them. I think that that's probably why they're five and one because everybody thinks that it's an automatic win and they go in there and they get their asses handed to them. I give I give credit to the architects of the offense and defense for the Giants. Absolutely. Brian Dayball identified he's one of the better quarterback coaches in the National Football League. He identified the strengths and weaknesses of Daniel Jones, and he's eliminated the number of weaknesses to make him an efficient quarterback. Not an elite quarterback, Mike. Don't start that. No. Not elite, <laughs> an efficient quarterback. And Wink Martindale identified the talent that he has on defense, and he found a way to orchestrate a scheme to make them play better football, and it's all added up to five wins and one losses for the Giants. Are we sitting here saying they're on the same tier as the Eagles? Absolutely not. But we're going to get an answer. Down the road. They've got uh, some lousy teams coming up, although I think they lose next week at Jacksonville. That's my prediction. Really? I think the Giants get the real. It's like a car. When it goes real fast, it looks good, and then it has to make a, a, a turn around a corner, hits a wall. That's what I think is going to happen to them. They're going to lose to Jacksonville. Then they have at Seattle, uh, Houston, Detroit uh, at that. All right, so they, they could pile up some wins before they get to the Eagles. Yeah. It's All an right. interesting the story. next loss that they're going to get when you look at the schedule, they're going to lose to Dallas. They're going to beat Washington. Wait, you and think, then, you think yes. Dallas beats, beats the Giants? Dallas will beat. They beat them. They beat them the first time they played. Them. Well, yeah, but I okay, mean, are so, you saying with Cooper Rush or with Dak? Pre- no, are you assuming Dak, Dak will be, ba- be back? Dak will be back, will by, be back by then. Yeah, no, Dak right, will be but, back uh, by then. But what what that what that defense can do to. To, to the Giants that they couldn't do to the Eagles is create pressure on on a, a, a Daniel Jones and and cause him to make some mistakes. Listen, they only lost to the Giants the first time by like what? Um, by a touchdown. I mean, they, that's the only game that they've lost. They lost by a touchdown. That game was close the entire way. With Dak Prescott, no less. Okay? So... I mean, they, they've, had, they've had five straight games at home. They're going on the road to Jacksonville. I'm going to tell you right now, Seth Joyner, a little side bet here for whatever. I'm against ta- Jacksonville? I'm, ta- I'm taking the Jags. You're taking Oh. Give me some odds. Oh. And then you can bet You can bet whatever <laughs> you want. Give you some odds. Give me some odds, yeah. You're the one that you want to bet. You're, you're talking about the Giants like they have me, LPs give me, coming out of give, that locker give me, room. Give me oh, some God. odds and then make it light on yourself. Uh, if you, Devin, if you so. He wants odds. He's he been said, bragging he about said the, I guarantee you. He's been People, bragging about the Giants for the last 10 minutes. Did I say anything about guarantees? I didn't hear a guarantee. He said he guaranteed. So if you guarantee, if you're so sure, give me some odds and then make it light on and yourself. Can you imagine this guy begging for you know, I would I'm back not you begging up, for Mike. anything. I'm just Mike, telling. I, I would back you up because I've been a supporter of the Jags, except when they played the Eagles, like throughout this season. Uh-huh. I think that they're a pretty good team. I like what Doug Peterson's doing, but they lost today. You know, I thought they were going to beat the Colts, and so I, I don't know they if were, I they can were confidently due, they were say due that. to lose to the Colts. They haven't, they haven't won a game since they left Philadelphia. They haven't. No, the Eagles broke Jacksonville. I don't know what the line on that game will be. I'm taking the Jags that derail over the Giants. Okay, well, okay. well so when it comes to the NFC, I think the Eagles are, we all agree that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Yes, there might be some teams like the Giants that worry us, but the Eagles still, the record says it all. They're the best league, best league, best team in the NFC. Looking at the Eagles' schedule down the road, they have a bye, which is really necessary because they have a lot of really banged up players, and then pretty easy 
opponents coming up. Can the Eagles go undefeated? <laughs> like, I know. Ooh. Look, at this, even last week, even earlier in the season, I thought that was a crazy notion. But after this game, after tonight's game, looking at their schedule, I mean, it, it seems doable to me. Health is a big factor when you even mm-hmm. mention something like that. And you look at this game, they came out of this game, two offensive linemen hurt again, two of the starters, Dickerson hurt, Lane Johnson hurt. Obviously, now they have a couple of weeks for those guys to rest up. If this Eagles team can stay healthy, and that's a big hit because, as we know, everybody is not going to stay healthy in the National Football League. That is a great bait for the discussion when you look at the schedule that they have. You know, they still have to go play Dallas on Christmas Eve. They still have two games with the Giants. Um, but I don't fear anybody on their schedule, and they're favored for a reason in every game that they're going to yeah. play until further notice. The possibility is there, but as we've seen historically, there's a reason why there hasn't been an undefeated team since the 72 Miami Dolphins. You know, the NFL has right now exactly what it wanted, parity across the league. And when we talk about the term of any given Sunday, we've seen that through the first six se- uh, first six weeks of this season. Oh, even uh, today. In, even today, it's been crazy. Steelers. Oh, my goodness. Jets. The Steelers won a game. Falcons. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Well, that's so, they're cut. the Eagles coming out of a bye. Could the Steelers give them something? If I'm a betting man, I think the Eagles blow out the Steelers, to be honest. Uh, you know, because the Steelers have so much deficiency on both sides of the football, offensive line, and their defensive front, which is uncustomary for them because that has been their bread and butter for decades. Stout offensive line, stout defensive line. But they won a football game that nobody expected them to win. Uh, Eagles secondary against Kenny Pickett. Look, well, I went to Pitt. I, I don't want to root against Kenny Pickett, but, like, <laughs> I'm not, so, not playing that well. I, I, know, I know that Kenny Pickett is supposed to be – the guy, but he's in concussion protocol, and Mr. Trubisky came in and, well, and won the game, and, 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 won the and, game for him. and got them, you know, to the W. So now, you know, they're kind of in a quarterback, <laughs> quarterback con- controversy. You can, controversy. Yeah. Yeah. You can never, you never hold that Mitch Trubisky down, can you? <laughs> I, I mean, just, just, a, just a couple of weeks ago, to the surface. Hey, he's like, well, just he's a couple like of weeks ago, man. Trubisky got pulled from a game because he stunk. Pickett was put in the game, and everybody thought. They're going to turn the reins over to Pickett and just let him go. He gets a concussion. Of all people, Trubisky comes in and pulls out a game for him. Well, wait, wait. So with concussion protocol, does that mean will we get Trubisky or Pickett? No, he, he should be, be back. Pickett should be ready by the time the Eagles come off by. But it all depends on what happens next week. Yes. If, yes. if Pittsburgh goes into I don't know who they play next week, but they they play the Dolphins. Next I week. mean, if they if they figure out a way to go in and beat the Dolphins next week with Mr. Trubisky, they're not going back to Kenny Pickett. No, no, by the time they, by the no, time they have no. to come here for the Eagles. No. Yeah, true. Poor Kenny. <laughs> Poor Kenny. Poor Kenny. Uh, I like him too. Wait, Seth, Seth, I saw you going down the schedule. Does is there any opponent that worries you more than others when it comes? No, to the I, listen. The Steelers coming out of a bye, it, you know, might be. It might take them lightly, and you know, the coming out of a bye, you never know how they're going to react. At Houston, I know. Uh, Washington Commanders, I mean, please. Um, at Indianapolis, maybe. Mm. I mean, that could be a loss. I, that could be a, tra- that that could be a could, trap game. Yeah, it could be a trap game because Green Bay's on deck at home. So maybe, maybe there. There we go with that trap game stuff again. <laughs> It does exist. What's your beef with no, trap it games? Not. It does yeah, exist. I, I, it, last it, week? it only it, it only exists because people have this nonsense in their mind. Okay, 
as a player, you go out on the field and you're playing a game, okay? You mean to tell me that somebody's trying to take your damn head off in, in, in the middle of a game, okay? And you've got your game, you've got your mind on the game that's coming up next week? No. Yeah. No, what that I, happens in college. What I'm saying is, in college, it rarely happens in the pros. A 17, a 17 game gruel, a, a grind, wears on you eventually, and wears on players. You're not going to play your best game every week. No, you I have get an you. off game. I get and, you. You know, I, and when you're considered one of the better teams, every team below you looks at that. That's their next Super Bowl. See, game. but to me, to me, that's not a trap game. You know, it's just. That's the ebb and flow of energy in the in the NFL. It's like when you have a highly emotional charged game. You want to know the hardest thing to do is to get up the next week. You know that's why you know when Minnesota came in here and we won the NFC Championship against them. You know I predicted right away. I was like, there's no way in the world that Minnesota can come in here and win this game. You want to know why? That highly emotional charged game that they had. They win the game on a walk-off touchdown pass, okay? It's late at night. You know, they're not going to get to sleep until the next morning. Their energy and adrenaline stores are tapped. And then they got to get on the plane and come to Philadelphia and play and get up again. That's hard to do. Yeah. Some yeah. guys are wired to do that, but most guys aren't wired to do that. So, yeah, you're going to have those games every once in a while, you know, where – your energy is just down. But when you go through preparation the whole week, you break down, you know, a team. You watch four game film and you go through your game plan and you practice three, four days. You know, there ain't nothing to trap you the minute somebody try to take your damn head off or try to hit you in the mouth. It's game on. There's nothing to be trapped about. No, you either going to show I, I up agree. and fight if or you're not. If it was not. a bad team, Indianapolis is going to be formidable for them to win that game there. So I agree with you. You're not going to look ahead to Green Bay. However, I just looked ahead to the uh, next week's betting lines. Mm, odds. Jacksonville Jaguars are a two-and-a-half-point favorite next week. against well, they're home, And right? they're riding, what, a three-game so losing streak? Lo they're, they're on a three-game losing streak, right? And they're a two-point favorite over the Giants? I'm just saying. That is. Minus two-and-a-half. If I was a betting man, I'd it, take that one. I would, yeah. I would take that one. It's yeah. Sunday. Betting man. Huh? It's Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got six more games, six more days yeah. before the game. Watch, watch, just watch how much um, that uh, line uh, moves. Unless Mike is sitting here Set. making up lines to support his argument. Now you want to see it? What? Uh, I'm gonna show it to you. Let me see. What What's I do know is now is the best time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. What, what you're I right. what I do know is that now is the best time. These lines that come out on Sunday night are the best the best lines you're ever gonna get. I'm giving you a chance to get in on my wisdom. <laughs> Hey, listen, I work, I work too in. hard for my money to, to bet it, man. <laughs> ne never. Oh, my I don't do that. All right. Before we wrap up the diamond debate, I want to go down the line and just get a yes or no answer. Are the Eagles the best team in the NFC? Mike Misnelli, you Yes. First. Not even a question for me. Derek. Unequivocally. Okay. Unequivocally. Yes. I, can't, a, I, I, I have can't spell it. I have a yes or no, but sure. I'll we're I can't, ground I can't here spell it, but I know how to say it. Yes. Okay. Yes. And to answer your question, you asked me which team worries me the most. Yes. Um. Uh, Tennessee can be a concern. Yeah. But they have a, a but that decent, was in Philly. A decent defense, you yeah. know, yeah. with that running game. Yeah. You know, they're going to they're get a so. full, a full deal in the running game. Um, and they got and they have problems. Here's they have problems in their run defense yes. right now. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how the Giants are going to continue to progress. And then obviously, you know, the Christmas Eve game against Dallas 
with Dak back at 100%, being in their stadium, in their environment. You know, we won pretty handily tonight, mm -hmm. but I think that that game is going to take a whole different tone once you go down there because, you know, the ramifications of that game that late in the year are going to be tremendous. All right. Yeah, agreed. Uh, well, that wraps up our Diamond Debate presented by Mark's Jewelers. Stick around because the Pond the Hockey postgame show is coming back right after this break. to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the DelVal Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of DelVal Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. 
Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Pond La Hockey Eagles post game show. We hope everybody's staying up with us in this late evening as the Eagles go to 6 0 and win 26 17. Another dominant second quarter. They slacked in the third quarter a little bit, let the Cowboys back in the game. But again, when this team needs to do something, they do it. They got the drive that puts them up 26 17. Very questionable that. They would go for two there. We can talk about that in a little bit. But right now, let's bring in the man who covered the game down at Lincoln Financial Field on an exciting Sunday night, exciting sports time in Philadelphia. John McMullen joins us. Hello, John. They're 6-0. How you feel about that? Yeah, 6-0. Who didn't have them at 6-0? I think we all did at, at, at the bye. Yeah, this has been what? This has been the best team in football. I mean, you can argue for Buffalo, but bottom line, 32 teams in this league, guys. There's one unbeaten. And the Eagles keep, I, I don't want to say they dom They dominated the first half of this game. They had a little bit of a lull that Nick Sirianni talked about. But, um, man, this theme of these long fourth-quarter clock-draining drives, they, they're pretty impressive. When they need to run the ball, everybody in the building knows they want to run the ball. And this is one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they couldn't do anything about it. Hey, hey John, um, I, I said a little while ago, the one thing that this team does better than anybody else in the league, and one of the most important reasons why they are the last undefeated team left in the National Football League is because of their ability to adjust and overcome adversity better than anybody else has done it. It's not always perfect the way this team goes about their business, but they get the end result that they want. Now, you're right, Degon, and, you know, one of the things I really liked about Nick Sirianni is sort of this mentality, and I saw Thursday night, the Thursday night game, which everybody probably didn't watch because it was such an ugly game, but you saw Chicago, and in my opinion, they're doing a disservice with Justin Fields and trying to make him you know, they hired Green Bay's quarterbacks coach and they want to drop him into an offense that Aaron Rodgers has run for years. I think it's a disservice for that kid. So I look at what Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen, Kevin Petula, Brian Johnson have done with Jalen Hurts. During the entire offseason, they paid lip service to what 
Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie want this high-powered passing offense. And then when they get to the regular season, they do whatever it takes to win a football game. And if that's throwing the ball, like it was against Minnesota earlier, when they're playing all that zone, they throw it. If that means running the football, if that means running the quarterback, they run it, they run the quarterback. They do what they need to do to win a particular football game. And even though that seems like common sense, it's not common in the NFL. John, you know, I want to talk to you about how this team, their mindset moving forward. Because, you know, the more and more games that you win when you're undefeated and you're the only team that's left in the NFL that's undefeated, you know, the talk gets louder and louder. The The chatter gets broader and broader, not only from a local standpoint based upon the fans and the media in Philadelphia, but then you start to get the outside noise about how good this team is. How do they keep it together? I know it starts at the top with Nick Sirianni and the message that he sends, but it's still somewhat of a, of a challenge when you start to think about some of the young guys if they buy into the outside chatter that goes on. Yeah, I mean, I think it helps with the quarterback and Jalen Hurts. He's 24 years old and he he shouldn't be this mature, but he is this mature. I've talked to him after every game, after every win. I've talked to him after every loss he's had in his career. He's the same guy. Um, and it, it, it's pretty impressive. I, I give Nick Saban a, a lot of credit. I think it stems from his time at Alabama. I think that's where he was taught, sort of don't get too high, don't get too low. But, I, I mean, he constantly talks about the standard. And I've asked him, what is the standard? Uh, you're 6-0. and How high can the standard be? And, you know, in Arizona, he talked about, well, they didn't punch it in. And he gave him a chance to come down and, and, and tie the game. And he wasn't happy with that. Uh, today, it was 20 to nothing. And they let the Cowboys back in the game. There was that lull until they had the big, long drive. So he's never happy. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's pretty impressive for somebody that young. Uh, to, you know, I always say he's got an old soul. Um, he's mature. I know 35-year-olds, 40-year-old people aren't as mature as Jalen Hurts. It's, it's, it's pretty impressive. I tell you what, John. I I think that the I think the standard is a mirage in some ways because in such an imperfect game, you know, the standard is perfection. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, what what other standard can there be? And you, given the type of game that football is, you never achieve perfection. Um, I've been involved in games where you know the game was over and I thought I played terrible. And then I go in and I watch the film the next day and be like, wow, it wasn't all that bad. And then there are games where I thought that I played really well and I go in, I watch the film, and it's like, man, you just stunk it up today. You know? So yeah. if the standard is perfection, you know, they, and you set the standard up here and you're always chasing it, then it all you're always requiring your best from week to week. And realizing that, hey, I might not be able to get there, but if that's the standard and that's what we're chasing, then guess what? We shoot for the moon, and if we miss, we'll always be amongst the stars. 
Yeah, and I think you're right with, with Jalen, and, and you hit the nail on the head, Seth. It's, it's not attainable. So you're always chasing something because you can't play a perfect game. You can't. It's just not possible. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of you can understand when one or two or three or even four or five players are chasing that to get most of the players on the same page. Um, is, is the impressive part. And I think that's the leadership. And it's not only uh, Jalen Hurts, it's Nick Sirianni, it's Jason Kelsey, it's players like that, um, that have gotten these guys to buy in. Uh, and they bought in. And winning helps as well, let's be honest. I mean, you're seeing the results. You're 6-0. and You just beat your biggest rival, uh, even though they downplay that part of it. Um, it's a big win, especially because the Cowboys have dominated the Eagles uh, um, in recent years. Um, so this was a big step forward for this team. They're, I thought they were the better team. They proved they were with the better team. I think they're better than the Cowboys if the Cowboys have Dak Prescott. Um, and I think they're starting to believe in themselves. And, you know, we're talking about the bye week, and, you know, maybe the Phillies helped them because – for the first time in you know recent memory, the Eagles are six and zero. Imagine the Eagles are six and zero, and they're not going to be the story. The Phillies are going to be the story, so that can kind of skate by the bot. Yeah, it is pretty amazing, John. Let's stay with Hertz for a second because you look at his numbers, and they were fairly pedestrian. But on that drive where they go ahead twenty-six to seventeen, he made some plays that I think we need to take another look at. The, the quarterback draw that converts. The, the third down and four, where he saw the blitz back off, and, and he's got the quarterback draw for the first down. Uh, he An RPO he give to Gainwell that he read well, and, and that got the first down. He, he, snuck, he got the quarterback sneak for the first down, and then boom, boom, with the quick short passes to get him in the touchdown, just like clockwork. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it you know, and I think the RPO part of it, Mike, is uh, – that plus one in the running game, kind of what I talked about, that's what Chicago should be doing with Justin Fields. But they don't, um, and they leave him to his own devices. Look, Nick Sirianni would probably prefer, you know, Phillip Rivers. A young, he loves Phillip Rivers, right? Um, you know, a guy who knows the entire offense, probably a little bit younger. You can throw the football all over the place, you know, but he doesn't have that. So he takes advantage of what he has. And I think it's a, a tremendous coaching job. And Jalen Hurts makes it really, really difficult for opposing defenses because, you know, that's a really good defense. I think Michael Parsons is, if he's not the best player, defensive player in football, he's number two to Aaron Donald. Um, Demarcus Lawrence, we know Trevon Diggs has been an Eagles killer. Um it's a really good defense, and they knew they were coming out. They knew they wanted to run the ball in the fourth quarter, and they couldn't stop them. They could not stop them. And part of that, and a bigger part of that than Miles Sanders or Kenny Gainwell or Boston Scott is Jalen Hurts because people are, are just concerned about his ability to keep the football, and that makes things easier for the backs. Hey John, what did Nick Sirianni had to say uh, have to say about his reasoning behind going for the two point conversion there when we're thinking, man, just kick the extra point. 
Yeah, that, you know, one of the things about Nick, I mean, there is this new age approach, and I think you saw it on the first Eagles scoring drive when they went for it on two court downs. I'm like, you know, I think the first was fourth and one was fourth and three and one was fourth and four. I think the fourth and four was from the 10 yard line. They never ran it because the Cowboys jumped off sides. I'm like, wow, just take the field goal at that point. But they put such pressure on a defense to make them play four full plays. Think about it. I mean, 10 yards, do the math. I mean, it, it, it doesn't take much to get a first down if you want to utilize all four plays. And he puts this incredible pressure. So a lot of it is good, the new age analytics. A lot of it is bad. Um, I know Miami was down two touchdowns. They scored. They tried to go for two. That's what they tell you to do. It gives you a better chance, blah, blah, blah. I'm with you, d I'm You know, but that's just the way the league is going. Let me ask you a question about what your, your reaction was when you saw the Dallas Cowboys botch that situation when it looked like C.D. Lamb had the first down uh, and all of a sudden he didn't have the first down and then they, they rushed some stupid play in there. I mean, how does that happen in an NFL sideline where they're so clueless yeah. to just throw that series away? Well, things happen fast. I, I thought they had the first down as well because the official seemed to put his foot down past the first down marker. You guys probably saw better on TV than I did. I, it looked like he might have had the first down. But, yeah, I mean, either challenge the play or, or, or if you have to call timeout, call timeout. I mean, the last thing you want to do is rush something in that situation. But things happen so quickly uh, in an NFL game, I don't think people realize that that clock is moving. The play clock—you got to get up there. You can't hesitate at all. And look, you know they made a mistake. The Eagles took advantage of it. Um, Should have had a first down. It was—you know—they were desperate at that point. Like, but, but first of all, just punt the ball. If it comes down to that, just punt the ball. Yeah, uh, but they were desperate to get back in the game. They botched it three different ways. Uh, yeah. they, they, didn't, they didn't call timeout to settle it down. They didn't challenge it to settle it down. And then they, less than a yard, they don't run it. And they run a stupid yeah. rollout pass. So, yeah, with Cooper Rush as well. And, you know, Cooper Rush turned into Cooper Rush. He had a Cinderella, especially in that first half. I think his passer rating was one. I mean, the Eagles were swarming in the secondary. Um they had the two interceptions in the first half. And that's another thing we should talk about. This team came in first in the NFL in turnover ratio. Dallas was number two. They end up plus three. Um, so, you know, they're so far ahead of everybody else when it comes to turnover ratio. And part of it is the defense taking the football away. But part of it is Jalen Hurts in the offense taking care of the football. So, I don't know if that can continue uh, the way it has, but if they keep winning that turnover battle the way they are, they're not going to lose a lot of games. I'll tell you that. Hey, well, John, hey, John. I, I just I just wanted to talk about the the um, the defense. To your point, um, I, I get the sense that. As long as they can apply pressure, that they're gonna keep, they're gonna continue to be able to turn the football over, um, because I think that that's the one element that allows you 
to force turnovers. Turnovers just doesn't happen because the quarterback decides to throw an interception or a running back decides to fumble a ball. It happens because they're forced into doing it. Um, whether, whether we're talking blitzing, and that's not something that Jonathan Gannon did at all tonight, I don't think. You know, in five men, they got some pressure because I think they felt like they had the matchups. Um, but I think just as long as they can continue to apply the pressure, that they're going to continue to get, you know, turnovers. My question to you is, when I looked at the defensive backs tonight, they didn't look like they were playing seven to ten yards off the ball. They looked like they were up challenging wide receivers at the line of scrimmage and in that intermediate area to, to make those throws a lot more difficult for Cooper Rush. And when the, when the pressure did get there, he was throwing those balls under duress even though the Eagles didn't have one sack tonight. They had a bunch of pressures, but he threw three interceptions tonight and they didn't sack the quarterback one time. Yeah, and I think, you know, the the, the second uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson interception, uh, Brandon Graham just drilled Cooper Rush. I mean, I, I, I think he threw it to C.D. Lamb. I think mm-hmm. it was C.D. Um, he was open. Yeah. I mean, but he Wild. couldn't get the football out there yeah. uh, because Brandon just leveled him. So, yeah, I mean, pressure's a, a big part of it, as you know, Seth. And the fact that they're able to turn the football over at this rate. Sometimes I I argue with Jody Mack about this all the time. And I go back to Chris Long in the NFC Championship game in 2017. You know, sometimes pressure can even be better than getting the sack. Getting the sack is never bad. It's never a bad thing. But, you know, if you hit the quarterback's arm, it turns into an interception, turns into a pick six. It can turn even, even to something better. So pressure is a big part of things as well, um, and and that last interception proves that as it always does. But this group as a whole has gotten a lot of is Hassan Reddick. You know he had been getting the sacks recently until tonight, but those pressures have been there. And you talked about the first two games, and everybody was saying. Why is the son running to have no sacks? And Nick Sirianni, you know, soothsayer said, wait, they're coming. He's been getting pressures. And all of a sudden, here they come. They come in bunches. Um, but as long as they're getting that pressure, as long as they're turning the football over, I tell you guys all the time, this coaching staff talks about two statistics, turnover ratio and explosive plays. And if you win those two, you're going to win the game. So far, every time they've won it, not only this year, but in years prior, that's the case. You win those two categories, you're going to win the game. Hey, John, can you give us any update on the uh, severity of Lane Johnson's uh, concussion and uh, Landon Dickerson's injury? Well, Landon's been dealing with that for a while, so that's going to be something, you know, the bye week will help. But obviously... Going back to last week in Arizona, Suo Pet actually played more than Landon Dickerson. So he had been in and out. Same thing happened today. Landon had to leave. Uh, with Lane, he, he does have a concussion. Um, Jason Kelsey, we talked to him. He talked to Lane after the game. He's feeling okay. Um, it's a good time. Never a good time. But it is the bye week. So, um you do have that extra time 
And, you know, when we talk about that lull, Dion, a big part of that was Lane Johnson. As soon as Lane left the game, yep. and really it was one play, two plays in the, in the first half, but at the beginning of the third quarter, Micah Parsons was killing Jack Driscoll. Yep. I mean, killing. So, you know, Jack has done a tremendous job. Sue has done a tremendous job, but there's a drop-off from Lane Johnson and, and Lando Dickerson, and you need those guys healthy, especially Lane, and I think he'll be back after the bye. Hey, John, just for the record, um, I was never one of those guys, you know, that felt like, you know, the almost <laughs> pressure, the hurry, you know, was important. If I wasn't getting the sack, I didn't want the hurry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I know, I know you, Seth. I know, I know you want the sack, and like I said, a sack is never a bad thing. But you saw an example tonight, Brandon Graham, the hurry that caused that interception. Yeah, no um, doubt about it. And that's a that's a big play. Absolutely, absolutely. John, uh, always a pleasure. Thanks uh, for uh, all the information and uh, uh, rest up for, for a week, and then uh, we'll get back to you. We're trying we're trying to figure out when this team could actually lose. And I don't know yeah, if you. If you after the bye. Yeah, yeah, so, so, yeah, so <laughs> they're not going to lose next week. I get it. But when you look at the schedule, I mean, are we getting too crazy to think that there aren't, there isn't a team that, that really can match up with them at this point? Well, now, coming out of the bye, I mean, the Eagles, you know, they never want to think ahead, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, we can. And you got Pittsburgh coming out of the bye. They had to go back to Mitchell Trubisky. That's not a good football team. Then you have Houston. That's one of the, the worst rosters in the NFL. Then you have Washington and Carson Wentz probably not even going to be able to play. It might be Taylor Heineke. I mean, yeah, I don't know how they can lose to those three teams. I'll tell you that right now. I will I will say this. Um, I believe that they are the best team in the NFC. But I also believe that – the games are going to get more and more difficult as they go along, not just because they're undefeated, but because the more and more game film I think that you have to begin to dissect who and what the Eagles are in every phase of the game, the more proficient you can become you know, at devising a game plan to take away what they do best. So the buy, in my opinion, actually comes at a good time because now the coaching staff has this next week when they give the players a week off to go back and self-scout and look at what they've done yeah. and try to figure out, okay, how do we keep how do we how do we break some keys along the way of some things that we've had success with, but we still have it in our arsenal. But how do we develop two or three plays off of that same look that allows that look to remain, you know, as dominant as it's been? Um, because trust me, you know, when you're when you're sitting on the mountaintop, everybody's trying to knock you off. And you know these good, the good, the good defensive coordinators and the good offensive coordinators, they stay up all night trying to figure out a way. They're looking at every little bit of film that they can find to try to figure out where there's some things that they can take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, the bigger the reputation, you know, you're going to get everybody's best punch. Everybody is going to be looking at this team, and there's a lot of these four teams saying. Hey, this is going to be our Super Bowl to to knock off the only undefeated team in the NFL. So, 
yeah, they're going to get everybody's best punch. But the good thing is they got Arizona's best punch. Arizona played poorly again uh, this week. Um, but they persevered. Um, Dallas, you know, they got a bit of a break. No Dak Prescott. I know Cooper Rush. And, you know, I joke there was only one undefeated team coming into tonight's game, but there were two undefeated quarterbacks because Cooper Rush had never lost as a starting quarterback. Um, that's over. Um, they're handling their business, and that's all you can do. He's John McMullen. He covers the Eagles for Jacob Sports. John, thanks very much. Uh, this show is going into deep into the night, and we're back because we got all kinds of that. We have the two-minute drill. We're going to come back. Some quick flash subjects. We have our drive of the game, and we have game balls. So we'll be here till uh, 4 a.m. If you want to <laughs> You want to hang out? You'll be here by yourself. I was about to say, (laughs) you'll be here. It's the Pondla Hockey Eagles postgame show. I'm Mike Miss. That's Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. Uh, Devin Caney will join us again, and we're back after this. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D. Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D. Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. 
Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at dvigi.com. dvigi.com. At Stateside Vodka, Every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back. It is the Pondla Hockey Eagles postgame show. It's time to look at some injuries that we uh, witnessed tonight. Let's bring in our sports medicine doc, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. Uh, Dr. Bruce, a couple injuries to talk about. First of all, the big one was the uh, Lane Johnson concussion. Went out of the game, and th that really may have caused them a little problems with Jack, Jack Driscoll uh, trying to play in that position. Uh, what, what did you see with that, and what's the protocol right now for Lane? Yes, uh, I saw that. Uh, the immediate protocol was that uh, they went through the tent. There's a certain protocol in the tent uh, where they basically get a history of the event. They also have a video review, so they could actually look at the video immediately. And then, you know, obviously I wasn't in the tent, but I could share with the, uh, the viewers what they do is they check speech, gait. They look at the eyes of the patient. And they also do something called Maddox questions in the tent, which is asking Lane about exactly what was going on in the game, the score, the plays. And presumably, uh, after, that, after that screening, it was determined that he was a no-go and he was unable to return to play. Okay, so um, you get the bye week coming up. I, I guess in a situation like that, that we're probably going to see him play in the next game, you would think? We just don't know. And, and again, as we spoke about um, two weeks ago, uh, the teams are very conservative. For instance, Tua cleared concussion protocol, but you noted he did play today. So they're going to be real cautious. And every concussion is different, so I can't really predict. There is a potential that Lane may not clear the, the concussion protocol. And if he doesn't, he won't play in the Steelers game in two weeks. So 
Obviously, we're going to keep a very close eye on that. Lane's a very important player. And uh, I think one of the reasons they, they ran the ball so much is because they had Jack Driscoll just just moving straight ahead. And, and Lane would have uh, obviously uh, done a better job on number 11, perhaps. Hey, hey, hey Doc, with, with the change of this um, the concussion protocol, and, and I know they're being extremely cautious now, and in a, in a lot of ways rightfully so, but do you think they can take it to an extreme to where you, you're overly cautious at times? Um, I understand the severity of what could happen to a player, but is there a balance? Is there a better balance in terms of how you critique this thing? Yeah, well, they, the, the thing they just added was the uh, ataxia. You know, they, it all focuses on that, that play where Tua got hit. Correct. Ataxia and gross motor instability are two excluding factors. So that's brand new, Derek, uh, since about two weeks ago. But I think they certainly can. And if we look at Tua, I truly believe that if it wasn't that sequence where he hit his head, he came back, and then he had another concussion, and there wasn't so much scrutiny, I think Tua would have played this week, actually. And I think that there's a lot of liability for the Dolphins and the team and for every team. And uh, so, yes, I, I think that, you know, f- football's a contact sport, and the reason for the protocol is to use an abundance of caution in what he when a player clears the protocol that means they have no symptoms at all they feel fine and they're able to gradually accelerate through aerobic activities football related activities and eventually contact so it'll take about a week so having the extra week i think should really be helpful for Layden. obviously because all concussions are different without speaking to late himself and ironically he won't be able to speak like he, he usually would. He'd usually be on our show. He'd tell us what was going on. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, uncertainty. Doc, you know, I, I, I'm i kind of, I err on the side, you know, of D-Gun. I think that, you know, the Tua situation has pushed this whole concussion thing into a whole nother level where teams are going to be overly, overly cautious. Um I would find it hard to believe that two weeks can transpire, you know, and Lane Johnson would not be ready to play after two weeks off, Um, that he couldn't clear concussion protocol in two weeks. But then again, like you said, under the under the current adjustments to the concussion protocol, you know, there's it's highly likely that he might not be able to play when we come back after the bye. Um, I'm not as worried about Lane Johnson, per se, as I am. Um, Landon Dickerson and what it is this, that is that is you know ailing him. Um, do you have any information on what Landon's injuries is, what he's actually dealing with, and what the timeline is for him to you know find some kind of resolution to this injury? It's interesting that between going to the game, watching the game, and trying to search for every morsel I could, I haven't heard any details about the body part that that. Uh, Landon injured. We know he had four ACL tears in the past, various surgeries. Last year he was injury-free, remarkably so. And I don't have any um, direct knowledge, but that's something we're going to watch carefully. Uh, Last question, Doc, quickly. uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson, like he had a a, a hand injury, got banged up a little bit. It didn't look like he was going to come back. He was really bothered by it. All of a sudden he came in. It looked like they put some kind of a brace on it. What did you see with that? 
Yeah, I, I saw what you did. I, I saw when he went off the field, he wasn't moving his arm at all. And when you see that, you, you just don't know if it's a shoulder, an elbow, a, a wrist. Turned out it was a hand. I understand he had x-rays that were negative, and he was able to wear a splint, and, uh, and, and he made you know, a crucial interception. You know, he had uh, a, a great play, you know. That ball, I believe, was, was tipped by Brady Graham, and, and, and Gardner Johnson had the key interception. And if we look at Epps and Kevon Wallace, you know, their, their uh, safeties, you noticed when they were in the game, like, nothing good was happening. Uh, Dallas was running the ball, and they're, particularly guarding the tight ends, those safeties just were, were unable to do so. So when Gardner Johnson went back, I think that was kind of a uh, watershed in the game because A, he's a much better player, and B, even with that split, he was able to execute that interception. And I presume they wouldn't have cleared him, of course, if there was a fracture of the hand. Beyond that, I don't know anymore. Uh, we're going to certainly follow it closely. He's Dr. Bruce. He's our sports medicine expert. Doc, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. I know it's late. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great night, everybody. All right, Dr. Thank Bruce you. Grossinger. Um, so we're coming back. We have our drive at the game and some game balls on the Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show. Back after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make. Welcome back to the Pond the Hockey post game show. I'm Devin Caney. Uh, it is time for our Jeff D'Ambrosio Auto Group drive of the game. Go JeffAuto.com. Mike Misnelli, let's start with well, you. Well, listen, I've been talking about this drive all night. It was very impressive to me. It was the uh, 13 play, 79 yard drive that made the score 26 to 17. Should have made it 27 17. But uh, 10 of 11 plays. First. 11 plays, 10 of them were runs. They pounded the ball right at Dallas. And in that drive was the big conversion uh, with Jalen Hurts on the third down on a quarterback draw. But the first play of that drive was Miles Sanders breaking off right tackle for 13. And that set the tone for that drive where they just grounded out, grounded out, grounded out, got to where they needed to, to be, and two short passes get them in the end zone. And they needed that because the score is 20-17. Dallas was making a comeback at that point. Well, uh, the script was very similar to what it was a week ago. Arizona makes the game too close for company. The Eagles went on a 17-play drive. 
14 of those plays were running plays and punching in the end zone and put a little distance between themselves. I have to agree with Mike. Dallas goes on a 93-yard march. They make it 20-17. to 17. Eagles get the ball back. They put a 13-play drive together, and they, put up, they go up by nine. It should have been 10. So for me, like Mike, I'm going to make it two for two. That is my drive of the game. Okay. You know, Devin, I had that. I had that one down, too, in my notes right here. But since they both picked that one, I'm going to go back to the first half, you know, the first touchdown that the Eagles scored. Because when they came out originally and they threw the ball five times in a row, you know, I was like, oh, my God, here we go. You know, they're, they're going to take the way to win this game and throw it right out of the window. Um, they come back the next series and they go 15 plays, 80 yards. They eat up seven minutes and 35 seconds. It ends ironically, in the second quarter where they normally do all their damage. The first play of the second quarter, you know, is a five-yard touchdown run by Miles Sanders. I think that that kind of set the stage for everything, you know, and it set the stage for them to, you know, to kind of figure out and, and understand that, hey, yep. you know, we, we, we have to run the football, you know, especially against a team like this. We have to run the football in order for us to get done on offense what we need to and what we want to get done. And I think there's a lot to be said with what they did early in the game in converting on fourth downs. They Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen decided to go for it, and then with Jordan Mailata kind of instigating that penalty at the end of the first quarter, going into the second, that eventually led to, uh, I believe, the second touchdown. Well, game. I mean, I, I, I remember talking, you know, the, the, the first time that they went for it on fourth down, you know, we were like, you know, I said, Mike, do they go for it? They right. kick the and field goal. Right, and we were goal. mad about it. We were and like, what, what are they like, doing? Oh, kick the field goal. You take yeah. the points. And then all of a sudden, you know, Nick Sirianni is like, well, let's let's see if we can get these dodos to jump well, offside. They, they and bailed. it worked. Yeah, they got bailed out. <laughs> but yeah, then it didn't work later in the game. I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think I would have gone for it for them for there. I would have got on the board right away, but that's why I'm here. I'm kind of old school in my thinking too, Mike, but I think a lot of your decision-making when you talk about going for it on fourth down situations and maybe not taking the points when they're right there is how your defense is playing. I mean, they had Cooper Rush under control. They had the, the Dallas run game under control. Even if they don't convert it right there, Dallas has yeah. got to turn around and go 90-plus yards back in the other direction. Yeah, they punted and, twice yeah. in their first two drives. And, and, and what was the likelihood of that happening? So I would have been okay even if they would have snapped it and, and had to try to execute you know, a fourth and four, and it doesn't happen, you still got them, you know, pinned back, and you know that your defense has them under control. Now, if that wasn't the case, you know, if your defense wasn't controlling them, then you got to take the points. Well, and then later in the first half, when they could have gone for it, and then Jake Elliott ended up, I think, kicking two field goals, I mean, does that frustrate you guys? I know it's hard to, to complain about that because they were up 20 nothing by, by the end of the half, um, or 23, I guess I should say, by the end of the half. Um, but when you could get six and you go for three, I, that can be frustrating, especially when it's coming off an interception. Well, you, no, you're right about that. You would love to get a touchdown off a short field. Uh, but the first, the first one was a 51-yard field goal. They, they got on the board with that. I didn't have any problem with that at all. And, um, you know, at that point, um, no, I didn't have a problem with them kicking a field goal. Yeah. I mean, they put, put them up 20 nothing. It's such a unique problem to have right now, guys. It's like what, like we're nitpicking at this yeah. point at, at the Eagles. Like, yeah, I mean, they did have a short field. They got the ball at the, what, the 43 mm -hmm. after that uh, that interception. 
Um, and so, yeah, you want to take advantage with that kind of great field position. But yeah. give the other team a little credit for playing defense. Yeah. In a game like this, they needed every bit of those six points they got off the field goal. You know, with today's analytics, you know, sometimes it drives you nuts when they decide to go for it in a fourth down. But, you know, at least the coaching staff is smart enough to know, okay, you know, let's cash it in right now and get what we can. Especially when you look at the ebb and flows, you know, the Eagles had the, the Cowboys offense right where they wanted them. Uh, so, obviously, they felt at that particular time, taking the three was enough because they didn't feel Dallas could do much of anything against their defense at that point. But, but let's talk about the. We haven't really talked about the decision to go for two instead of going up 27-17. Like, we, and we're talking about, well, what does the two get you? It really doesn't get you really anything because they can yeah. get an eight-pointer and a three-pointer to tie. So what was the advantage? I'm trying to get into Sirianni's head because he's obviously hasn't done many things wrong but what was he thinking there there is no advantage the only, I, the only thing I can think of you just want to rub Dallas's nose in it a little bit okay if you're going to get a you're going to get a personal foul okay then we'll go ahead and take the two and rub your nose in it other than that there's there was no advantage to going for two I'm like I'm looking at this I'm like kick the field goal move them up on the kickoff kick the ball up in the stands and make them start on the 25 rather than giving that kid another chance you know, to run a darn kickoff back. I mean, he almost ran yeah, three yeah. kickoffs oh, back. Because if you like if you go up by ten, they're not gonna they're not gonna try to get eight. No, like they're they're, no. they're gonna they're 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 a seven time. point touchdown right. anyway. So right. like, I don't understand what he was thinking. Yeah, and it was it was also a terrible play call to to get those extra points, and it didn't work out. But it's okay because eventually the game did work out for the Eagles. All right, that does it for our Jeff D'Ambrosio uh, drive of the game. Go JeffAuto.com. Stick around because the Pond the Hockey postgame show is coming back after this break with some game balls. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Welcome back to the Pond Lee Hockey Post Game Show. It is time for Game Balls by Colony Pools. Fly with Colony.com. Guys, who wants to go first here? Seth, I know you're just itching to give away a game ball. I got you. Um, you know, I sat here and I thought about the linebackers because I looked at, this, at the stats tonight. Obviously, it has to be a defensive player, in my opinion. Um, TJ Edwards plays lights out tonight. 14 tackles, six solos. And Kazir White had eight tackles and six solo tackles. And then I stopped and I thought about it for a second. I'm like, C.J. Gardner with a with a jacked up hand, you know, had four tackles, three for solos, and two turnovers, two ints. My game ball goes to Gardner Johnson tonight. As it should, I agree with that decision. D gun. 
Uh, because he picked CJ, I'm going to <laughs> pick a player that enables CJ to get his second interception, Brandon Graham. They couldn't get to Cooper Rush all night. He gets around there, and he hits his arm and causes that second interception. The defense as a whole, to me, played unspectacular football. It's hard to find a defensive player that deserves it, but it was shades of what Brandon Graham did in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady, and I'm going to give it to Brandon Graham. Yes, he's my guy, but I'm giving it to him anyway. <laughs> I love it. Staying loyal yeah. to your friend. And yes. I they're, they're secondary. You can slice up a ball and, and really divide it. They're just secondary. Yeah. just lights out tonight. But I'm going to go outside the box. All right, first drive. Jake Elliott. First drive in the game. <laughs> They get, they get ahead 7 nothing. What was the big play on that drive? Everybody forgets it. It was a second down play to rumbling Jack Stoll. 21 yards to the backup tight end. was a key play. It got him to midfield. He's never, ever going to get a game ball. Mike. Jack Stoll gets it. Dude was wide open. There wasn't anybody within 20 yards of it. He had to get open. He had, oh to, he had to get the yak. Rumbling oh Jack Stoll, Seth. He got, to, he got the yak so much so that I thought Boy, it was Jack Goddard at first. I, I did not think it was there Jack Stoll. So. <laughs> talk yeah. about a reach. Jackie Stoll. Oh, Jack Stoll. I like it, Mike. I like it. It must be late. <laughs> there is probably never going to be another game where Jack Stoll gets a right. game That off, is so correct. I, I appreciate your, your pick there. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. So, those are your game balls. Uh, any other honorable mentions? Anyone who you want to take a game ball away from? Well, you Last know, my, words. My, listen, Miles Sanders had a quiet 71 yards. Today, right, right. You know, and, and he had a couple. He ripped off a couple runs, which I thought were very important. So, you know, he's been he's been very consistent. So, I, I, you know, I'll give, him, I'll give him a little honorable mention tonight. Well, the running game had 136 yards against the defense that was giving up a buck, buck 17 a game. So, I, you know, I'll say – it wasn't their overall best running performance, but it was good enough to help get the job done. I think I'm going to go with Miles. You know, I've been impressed with Miles' play this year. You know, obviously we know he's playing for a contract, you know, next year. Um, but the knock is on Miles has been that he hadn't been able to stay healthy. He hasn't been nicked. He hasn't been hurt through the first, you know, six games. He had 27 carries, you know, in the Jacksonville game. He comes back tonight. You know, he had another 18 carries tonight. Um, they seem to be getting to a point with Miles where they're willing to give him a little more of a workload than they than they have in the past. You know, normally they only like to, you know, hand him the ball 15 to 16 times. Um, but I think that they realize he's such a weapon, you know, that they're better off, you know, riding him while they can, you know, because he's such a big part of what they do. Um, so, so, yeah, my honorable mention has got to be Miles, my second team All-American. I'm surprised nobody said A.J. Brown. He had, you know, 67 yeah. yards receiving, had a nice yeah, touchdown catch. What? Yeah, uh, but we, but we kind of, you know, listen, D-Gun, when they pay you, when they trade for you, when they trade right. away a first-round draft right. pick, then they sign you to $100 million. million. They, they're paying you 20, 25 a year. Right. He, he, at 24 years old, he going to get all of it, okay? <laughs> we expect for him to come here and do what he's doing. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. <laughs> Again, the Eagles, 26-17. They're 6-0. Wait, wait, who did Devin give a game ball to? Who did you give a game ball to? I don't give game balls. Well, I just asked you guys have three. I'll pick one. Oh, come oh, on. You deserve an opinion. Uh, you got to buy another ball. Put on the spot here. I'm going to give mine 
mine to uh, Miles Sanders as well. It's hard to think. Or honorable mention Nick Sirianni because I thought he managed game well. He rose to the occasion of this yep. high-pressure game. Uh, and there's an incredible clip. I don't know if, if you guys have seen it when uh, the game it was clearly the Eagles win. And I can't say it on air because he says a curse word. But love his passion. Love Nick Sirianni. So. Go ahead. You can say what you want to say. He says, that's game. And then, okay. you know. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. They're 6-0. The Phillies might be going to the World Series. The Flyers are 2-0. The Sixers are about to be in a campaign where they could win the whole thing. And tomorrow it's snowing Skittles in the city of Philadelphia. Thanks for watching the Jacob Taste the Rainbow. the Hockey Eagles postgame show. Wherever you are watching it at 6ABC or Jacob Sports YouTube. Uh, have a great rest of the night and a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you then. Uh, after the bye week, back here against the Pittsburgh Steelers. See you then. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this 
as easy as possible. Life celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.